This is The Week Ahead, brought to you by Advisorpedia and powered by Tomatica Research. I'm Chris Versace, Tomatica's Chief Investment Officer, and joining me, as always, to break down the latest economic news, discuss the earnings you have to watch, and other high-profile items that will be driving the market this week is Tomatica's Chief Macro Strategist, Lenore Hawkins. Lenore, how are you doing? Yo. What's the word, bird? It's been a rough week. Ben, what, what, what do you mean? We've had some economic data that are rolling over. We've got some uh, testimonies down in Washington. We've got some true. earnings, a lot of banks. It's true. And stuff. This, is true. this is all true. What does it all mean to you? That's yeah, the it's just uh, home improvement projects. Don't do them. I, you know, I know what you're alluding to, and we do yeah. not have that much time to break it all down. No, exactly, exactly. So I think I think the the message is choose your contractors yes. wisely. Yes, and don't trust don't trust uh, Yelp. Yeah, no, that's not gonna no no no. That's like that's like trusting Angie's list. Who does that? Yeah. yeah. Huh? Okay. Anyway. So markets. Uh, Markets, what's uh, you know, so, major, markets, major markets kind of traded uh, yeah. sideways this week, right? Yeah, I mean, by, by Friday, the market's pretty much down on the week. But what I find really interesting is that if you look a c- comparatively, mm-hmm. it's still a story of the big guys being the high flyers. Oh, so if you look at the SP 500 market cap weight versus the SP 500 equal weight, equal weights underperforming. NASDAQ mm-hmm. composite is underperforming the NASDAQ 100. The NYSE composite, which is the, one of the broadest measures, it's under, underperforming the S&P 500 market cap. So it's still, this is a story of the big boys, the same kind of big boys we've been dealing with big that tech. are the big guys, high performers. Uh, from an sentiment perspective, though, the bulls are really dominating. Uh, the latest investor intelligence poll put the bulls up to 61.2% from 608 the prior week. And bears, I mean, bears are in hibernation. They're down to 15, 15.3% from a prior 15.5. So, you know, it's it's still woohoo. Um, although the no, market kind of trading sideways, because like we said, we're looking for a catalyst and that's earning season. Well, 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 I'm not sure it's going to be the catalyst that people. Right, want. exactly. Well, okay. I didn't say to which direction. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know, I know. But, 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 but add to that too that when we see these sentiment surveys becoming um, so lopsided, yeah, that's it usually ten, it tends to be another warning sign. Yeah, that's usually the markets tend to perform the best going forward when sentiment bull sentiment is at a low and bear sentiment is at a high and vice versa. Okay. Well, let, let's get into the economic data. When we shift over in a little bit to earnings, uh, I'm going to share why I think there's probably more downside risk to be had this earnings yeah. season um, based on what we're going to hear and for the market. So first off, um, we're continuing to see signs of slowing in the geographies that were the first to pull out of the pandemic. China's GDP in the second quarter rose 7.9% year over year. That's slower than the expected 8.1% increase. So, and China was one of the first to come out. We're kind of seeing that if you look across the world, those that popped out first are, are kind of getting that slow. We're starting to see that in the U.S., um, global inflation is remaining really tame. Uh, Italy's inflation rate, for example, for June was unchanged at 1.3%. Uh, 
Um, that's much of the Eurozone is very low to below 2%. So it's interesting when you look at that and keep in mind that domestic inflation, because the US economy is the most open, right? And US inflation is heavily tied to the global level around 80% correlation. So that's an interesting story. Then when we look at this week's release of the consumer price index, CPI for June, that came in nearly twice as hot as expected with prices rising 0.9% month over month versus 0.5% expected. Um, and they were up 5.4% year over year. I mean, right, 5.4%. And CPI is, is the, the main inflation indicator. Um, both the month over month and y over year over year increases were at their fastest pace since, but keep this in mind, fastest pace since 2008. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The period from 2009 now is not exactly known for a massive level of inflation. So keep that in mind. Now, if we ex food and energy prices were still up, unbelievable, 4.5%. That's the fastest pace going back to November of 1991. And the, keep in mind, Fed's target 2%. So 4.5%, that's the metric that the Fed looks at, the ex food and energy, more than double the Fed's target. But as they say, the devil's always in the details. So if we dig into those, The increase was driven in large part by used car truck prices, which were up 45.2% year over year. Car and truck rentals up 88%. Gasoline, 45% year over year. Public transportation, which includes plane fares, up 17.3% year over year. Hotel and motel room rates up 17%, right? Now, going through all the different things that are included in the CPI. Inflation is actually really coming from about nine items out of the hundreds that go into the index. So what we're talking about is like a roughly about 10% share of the entire CPI and about 13% of the core that rose at over 5% pace in June. And that's more than 60% annualized inflation, right? That's insane. I mean, that's hyperinflation. But That's the third month in a row where just a fraction of the CPI is dominating the entire report. If you look at the 80% of the economy that is not being distorted by the supply side constraints that we've been seeing that that were caused by the pandemic lockdowns and open up and the struggle of getting supply chains all worked out. Um, If we also cut out the, the fiscal impact that's kind of been really affecting demand and being pulling forward demand, because that's really run its course. Inflation is really more about 1% annual rate over the past six months if you remove those distortions. So the bottom line when you're thinking about inflation is nearly 90% of core CPI rose just 0.2% month over month and 2.1% year over year. That's the big inflation story. Now, does that continue? Does that pan out? We'll see in the months to come, but it is something to keep in mind because the headlines are all screaming that, you know, the sky's falling, mass inflation. Well, alongside of that, too, we are starting to hear more companies. I think PepsiCo, ConAgra said, hey, we're, fight, we're facing higher input costs. You know, yeah. you know, we're facing higher fuel costs. Yeah. We are going to put some uh, pricing into action. You know, Chipotle said something similar a couple of weeks ago. And I think, I just think it's going to be a very big topic during the current earnings season, particularly as it accelerates over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, you and I were chatting before this, and you know, to some extent, I, I think you're right. The mantra is, "Hey, if I can get a price increase through it, right? Why not?" That's I right? think that's one of the challenges that we're going to see when you look at the the what's really going on in the economy. If you're a company and all you hear is inflation, 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 
of course, you're going to take the opportunity to increase your prices. Even all of this is, and I'm doing the air quotes, transitory. You're going to take the opportunity to increase your prices. Yeah. The problem with that is those price increases are rarely transitory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about um, retail sales? You know, we, we know that the consumer is arguably directly, indirectly, a very big lifeblood uh, component of the economy. Were you surprised by the retail sales for June that, again, headline came in better than expected? Yeah. It, so the retail sales came in stronger than expected. Um, They're up 0.6% month over month, but the prior month was downwardly revised to a 1.7% contraction in May. Uh, X-Auto's retail sales were also stronger than expected. They were up 1.3% month over month, but that's after a downwardly revised 0.9% contraction in May. So yeah, I was surprised to see it that strong, but then when I look at the downwardly revised, right, because one month of retail sales data is, mm, and you really want to be looking at a much longer period, right, because this, this does ebb and flow. I don't think this one was particularly telling. What I will be looking for next month is to see if we got another downward revision. Because when, as with all things, when you see downward revisions, because these things are all, they don't actually get the real retail sales numbers. It's not like sitting, somebody sitting there and going, okay, <laughs> what, what did Target have? What did Walmart have, right? They're not actually getting retail sales from like all the companies in the world that sold or in the US that sold retail, right? It's a, it's a model. And that model, is impacted by what happened the month before. And when you start to see the same thing with like unemployment, all of these things are really model-based uh, and they're, they're more model-weighted in when you get the first draft of it. When you start to see the numbers being downwardly revised, and if you start seeing them downwardly revised again and again, like month after month after month, that's telling you that there's a, a big shift going on. So I'm, I'm a little bit more focused on that than the actual number. So w- when I looked at the report, you know, I always think of it from a stock perspective. And yeah. the great thing about um, the June report or, or the March one, the September, the December one is they give us the full picture, sort of, uh, given what you just said about what happened during the quarter. And we can kind of use that to frame out what we might hear from companies in the various subsectors right. of the report. Um, so, for example, you know, food service and drinking places up 72% year over year in the second quarter. Um, like, woohoo, know, except for up, wait, they were closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but so, year, over yeah. Year, year over year, but it, but it shows that consumers are opening their wallets and spending yeah. in these areas. So same for clothing, same for electronics and appliances, all up huge. But, but when I look at the June over June numbers compared to 2Q over 2Q, it yeah. echoes what you've been saying in that the numbers are far slower in that, la- that third month of the quarter than they were in the first two. Right. Yeah. We're getting that rollover and something else to keep in mind when we're looking at these retail sales and the unemployment and basically all the metrics in the economy is the dichotomy right now we're seeing the way the U S is looking at that, you know, that little virus you might've heard about this before, right? <laughs> the, the way the U S is looking about that, what's going on in the media with that versus the rest of the world. And it, it is really fascinating in the U S it's like, ah, done deal. We're over it. It's fine. The rest of the world doesn't have that view on it. Uh, And the reality is in over 30 states in the US, infections are up more than 50% in the past week alone. People are acting like inflation is the big thing to be really worried about and totally ignoring that. Now, Los Angeles just brought mask mandates back. 
We had three New York Yankees that were tested positive, even though the team is 85% fully vaccinated. So I think to your point, that's yet another potential downside risk. How are not 100% of the Yankees vaccinated? Yeah, it's a whole doesn't that make that doesn't that seem strange to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't get that. I really don't get that. Um, next week, I know we have a rather light, light ish um, economic calendar compared to some other weeks. What key pieces of data are you looking at? So next week, really, the, the key data is back to housing. Um, Monday, we've got the NAHB housing market index. So are those prices still skyrocketing? We've got building permits. That's a good, more of a leading indicator, right? You've got to get the permit before you build it, mm-hmm. before you sell it. Uh, that com- building permits on Tuesday, housing starts on Tuesday. Then we've got on Thursday, existing home sales. So that that's a really rich set of data to see what's going on in the housing market. Um, Thursday, also, we've got the weekly jobless claims. Now, last, the, the, the prior week hit a pandemic low. It was a great number, came in at 360,000, which was slightly above expectations for 350,000. And the prior week, though, was, here we go, revised up. <laughs> so, okay, are we having a shift there. And also, typically, the, a, a kind of a tight labor market has just over 200K. So... You know, here we're still having firings well above that pace. And while we keep hearing from companies, it's so hard to find people, you know, trying to fit jobs. Why are we seeing nearly twice what you would this double the level you expect to see on firings? So there's more going on here. So I'll be looking at that on Thursday. And finally, on Friday, you get the market um, non-manufacturing PMI and its sister report, the um, ISM services, PMI, we'll look at those too. Those are, they're useful, but looking at those, always keep in mind their sentiment, not hard data. So it's useful, but it's sentiment data. Yeah. To me, the direction on that order flow is going to be key to see if it rolls over further. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. All right. So why don't you talk to me about uh, some things we heard from Pepsi this week? Well, yeah. So, you know, there was a handful of earnings out this week that were really worth uh, paying attention to. And Pepsi, you know, it's not a constituent of our uh, cleaner living uh, investment theme or the corresponding uh, ETF from Amplify ETFs. But what they said was actually quite a, kind of interesting. Uh, again, Pepsi is a snack and sugary beverage company. So when they talk about- They don't exactly um, think Pepsi and think, you know, felt and health. health. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. But they, they, they called out some comments that said that they see consumers going towards a more holistic health, um, mental health, physical health, uh, exercising, and being more aware, aware of what they're putting in their bodies. Um, and what really jumped out to me is how they talked about uh, the real push for non-sugary beverages in their portfolio. And then they said that that's the area that's actually growing the fastest. Um, they also talked about making an acquisition in a healthier snacking environment for popcorn. Uh, I'm a big popcorn fan, so I will be looking out for, I believe it's popcorners in the PepsiCo portfolio. But Pepsi wasn't the only thing that really caught my eye for our cleaner living investment theme. Um, Tesla, which everybody tends to think of, and rightly so, as an EV company, they are actually teaming with Brookfield Asset Management and a real estate developer to unveil what they're calling the most sustainable residential community in the U.S. And it's going to use 
uh, Tesla's solar roof tiles and, and Powerwall 2 battery storage. This, I think, is going to be something to watch as you know, um, cleaner building uh, kind of tends to take off. You know, when, we, right. you, when you and I talk about it, we tend to think about recycled materials and the like, but this is a little twist on that. So I, I think it's going to be something to watch. Um, on the cybersecurity data privacy front, uh, something just, you know, whenever companies make moves, it always kind of uh, confirms the thesis. Uh, Microsoft is buying a security software company, Risk IQ. Uh, their business is really centered around detecting security threats in the cloud. So to me, Microsoft scooping up a company to bolster its position in cybersecurity, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, probably the biggest news coming out of last week was the threefold uh, part of Taiwan Semiconductor yeah. and, and Ericsson. So they're having a good year. Well, Taiwan Semi, which is the biggest chip boundary company out there, partners with you know, Qualcomm and the like, they reported June quarter sales that rose 28% year over year. And, and it serves as a high point of confirmation for folks that were um, talking about channel checks and the like on Wall Street about stronger than expected smartphone demand. That 28% year over year is, is really, really confirming that. Taiwan Semi also boosted their outlook for the current quarter, citing not only smartphone demand, but a um, surprising strength in auto chips, which could be signaling that the current auto chip crisis is starting to improve. We'll want to pay uh, more attention about that uh, when we hear from the likes of Ford, GM, Honda, and the like in the coming weeks. Um, Nokia and Ericsson also confirmed that the 5G rollout is accelerating. Nokia even said that, hey, when we report our quarterly earnings, we're going to actually lift our guidance. Don't ask us what we're doing now, but we'll, we're telling you that we're going to lift it. <laughs> Which to me great. is one of the, it's one of the, that is one of the strangest press releases I've ever seen in my life. Um, so that's all actually very good and, and point of confirmation from Taiwan Semi, Nokia and Ericsson yeah. for our digital infrastructure and connectivity investment theme. Um, but I also want to talk about something that also caught my eye, not respected to our themes, just for, just for something that I think is really, um, really encapsulates what we're likely to see in the June quarter earnings season. And that's um, a company like American Outdoor Brands. They reported mixed quarterly results. That tends to happen. Um, they, their EPS was better than expected, but they missed on the revenue line. The stock was hammered a, by about 13%. Yeah. Now, we've got now, it there's so much it positive. Yeah, but there's so much hope pot priced well, into the market. I, as I would say, there's yeah, a lot the expectations of expectations are actually higher than the expectations. Right, right. A lot of hopium in the market. And, and I, I think when we look back at all the things that happened in the first half of the year, right? You know, the Fed is reiterating what they're doing, stimulus checks, blah, 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 vaccines, reopen the economy, infrastructure bill, all you, you just pile all that on. And you had earnings expectations rise, rise, rise. And now, as you, you were alluding to earlier and you have the last couple of weeks, the economic data is rolling over. The variant mm -hmm. is, you know, raising some concerns. Input costs are higher. You know, uh, margins might get squeezed. All this other stuff. It makes me think that we're going to hit a very volatile June quarter earnings season if companies are not able to beat what a lot of people talk about as the whisper numbers. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the other thing, just exiting the week, uh, just on infrastructure, uh, our, your good friend, 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is saying that she <laughs> is going to tank. Way. She is going to tank the bipartisan infrastructure bill unless Democrats pass the 3.5 uh, trillion reconciliation bill. And, and to me, that you know, if you if you were to take it, you know, brick by brick, I think what we've seen over the last four or five weeks is all the every positive brick has been kind of pulled out of the wall a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you think about what where we were three months ago, and three yeah. months ago the pandemic was over, the economy was growing faster than it has in decades. Mm -hmm. Right, everything is just fantastic. There are shortages, but that's just fantastic. The the growth in the labor pool is just doing amazing. And now what you what we're facing is, okay, so people still don't want to go back to work, partially because of fears over you know that 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 little virus. Um, you've also got concerns with what's happening with schooling in the fall and daycare, mm -hmm. right? Because that could keep a lot of people daycare from- Daycare in particular. Right? What are the daycare options? What's going to be going on with the school? Because school is daycare for, for a lot of families. If those aren't able to go back as normal, some people are still hesitant to hop into the workforce because of that. And you also had, which has been a really interesting surprise is with people working in a very different way for the past year-ish plus in some cases, there's been a different shift towards work. So you have people who are saying, you know what, I'm not going to go back to the office and do work as normal. Either you, my, my employer, we got to work something else out, or I'm going to maybe work on my own. And we've also seen some people that are saying, you know what, I'm going to go retire early because after what we've just been through, I want to enjoy life uh, just a bit I, more. I resemble, so the, the face of the, of the workforce has really changed. I resemble some of that, but certainly not the early retirement part. No, definitely. I can't imagine. All right. Shall we, we jump into earnings for next week? Let's do it. All right. So what Monday, are you looking at? Monday, the two big companies, this is Monday, July 19th, AutoNation. Uh, you know, you talked about that huge surge in used car prices. Let's see if that flows through to AutoNation and if they deliver better than expected results. We're also going to want to hear what JB Hunt has to say. That's one of those logistics companies, uh, you know, truck and rail, but they're on the truck side. The reason I want to pay, really pay attention to them is we've been reading about some West Coast West Coast port issues. Say that three times fast. I don't think you can. <laughs> I'd anyway, rather listen to you try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. West Coast port issues um, in how uh, ships are once again being stacked up. Yeah. Uh, and with the labor shortage you alluded to, you know, they're not getting unloaded and it's, it's really causing some bottlenecks, congestions, and supply chain issues. So I want to hear what JP Hunt has to say about that. Tuesday brings uh, Chipotle. Your favorite again. restaurant? That's a, that's a very misleading okay, on the list, comment. top five. Maybe, pay, Maybe top five? No, no, no. I mean, is, is it good? Yes. Will I eat there? Favorite? Well, you yeah. talk about it a lot. I'm just saying like Tuesday's kind of your day between Chipotle and Netflix. All right. That's probably true. <laughs> that's, that, that might be true. That might be true. <laughs> Man, you know, man. there is something to be said with Netflix in chill with a burrito bowl from Chipotle. <laughs> I, will, I will agree with that. Anyway, anyway, so yes, on Tuesday, uh, like I was saying, Chipotle reports, and we know that um, the food service and drinking place retail sales, you know, crushed it in the second quarter. Chipotle is really embracing digital, their Chipotle lanes, and, and they are, they embrace our cleaner living investment thing. So I, I think that they're, they're going to continue to deliver better than expected um, numbers. But the thing I want to watch out for, something I alluded to earlier, 
Um, what are they saying about input costs versus price increases? When do those go into effect? How long do they think they'll be in effect for? Um, Netflix, look, streaming company, we all know that it's a very competitive market. The key figures to watch here are going to be the growth in the number of streamers, particularly those outside the U.S. Mm -hmm. That's the real area of growth. And alongside of that, uh, you know, how are they, how much are they going to continue to spend in content? And what about this gaming initiative that we're hearing about? What kind of capital intensity is that going to take from them? And then finally, on Tuesday's United Airlines, Look, you alluded that uh, airline prices for tickets are going higher. Okay. What about butts and seats? What about international travel, business travel? That's what we want to know. And um, I'd be interested to hear how they're handling, because right now, uh, Americans can fly to, for example, and this is part of how things are so complicated because not every country is in the same place. Americans can fly to Europe. Countries are not, countries are never in the same place. <laughs> Okay, it's, it's Friday. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that insight. Um, you've got Americans are able to fly to Europe, but Europeans are not allowed into the U.S., which is really complicated for airlines, right? Because you 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 would like to fly them from A to B, and then have people in B want to fly to A. If if A can go to B, but B can't go to A, makes it complicated. Right? So and I also be I, I saw, to hear, somehow somehow I hear that, and I think hotels should be killing. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Be interesting to hear what they have to say too, compared to because you, um, American, sorry, United Airlines has been expanding their fleet, whereas American Airlines is not exactly going in the same direction with that. No, 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 no. You're absolutely right. Um, okay, Wednesday brings us Coca-Cola. Um, you know, for me, the Coke story is: Are they benefiting, and to what degree, from the? reopening the economy and they're away from home business. Also to just given what we said earlier about PepsiCo, what is Coke seeing in a beverage portfolio for non-sugar beverage demand? Uh, also Wednesday, Las Vegas Sands. And, and uh, I apologize, Lenore, but I got to say it like this. Uh, you know, hey man, what's Vegas like, baby? Right? <laughs> well, I think a lot of people are hoping what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, given that Nevada has the highest infection rate in the country. I did not know yeah. that. And how much that's affecting business. Yeah, well, you know, there were reports early on that, uh, you know, Vegas was going crazy and the monthly data from the Nevada Gaming Board was positive. But remember that these uh, companies like Las Vegas Sands, they make a lot of money, restaurants, hotels, not just at the tables. Yeah. Okay. Um, Thursday, Dr. Horton, they're going to talk about one of, one, of, one of your favorite topics, which is housing. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll want to see not only what the orders are in the backlogs and pricing inside that backlog, what's likely to come on the back half of the year, but are they trying to pivot their portfolio towards lower prices or not? Uh, and then the other big company on Thursday is going to be Domino's. Certainly not one of my top five. I don't even <laughs> think what they have. I was so tempted. I don't even, you know, I know their name is Domino's Pizza, but I just- It's good pizza. I don't mind. And that's, you know, I eat Italian pizza from Italy. So I'm, I'm kind of picky, but it's pretty good pizza. It's pizza. It's good pizza. Don't give what's me that look. It's what's, good pizza. What's your, what's your topping on a Domino's pizza? Pepperoni. If you're going to go Domino's, you go classic pepperoni pizza. All right. All right. I'm shocked at hearing that news that, that you like Domino's pizza. I'm a complex Any, woman. A lot of layers. Like an onion. Anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, so when Domino's reports, look, they were killing it. They, they were the poster child for pandemic um, order out yeah. and delivery. Uh, so they're going to face very difficult comparisons year over year. Input costs. Is, 
well, how's it navigating the return yeah. to dining out? Is it hitting its margins? Are they being forced to get more aggressive uh, on deals to lure eaters? So that's that's the big question. The other thing too, though, is um, with the spike in fuel prices, how are they dealing with that as well? Because they are a delivery business. Yeah. Friday, anything you're watching on Friday, Lenore? Well, I want to have a little chat with American Express for increasing their annual fee. Oh, I, you, you must be one of those highfalutin platinum card owners. Okay, in my defense, I do it because with with so much international travel, you kind of need that one because it it doesn't charge you those ridiculous fees on currency. No, okay, it's it, no, no, it's right. So, I, so that I, actually saves you a lot of money. But I mean, what is the limit on this? Like, how just how much do they think they can charge per year? Is there is there a point at which I, you're going to say I this, think this it's is going? To, I think it's going yeah. to like seven hundred bucks, right? It looks like it's on the way. That's you know, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see with what we're hearing in retail sales. People are out uh, where where they're spending. What's going on here? What's going on there? Right, right. I, I also think too, it'll be interesting to hear some of their comments. In the U.S., as the U.S., you know, was on was yeah. on the path to reopening, but you know, as we talked about last week, there are certain markets in Europe that were starting to add um, renewed restrictions as a result of the Delta variant. So, just I want, want to get a, a feel for what they're seeing and see how real time they're willing to talk about it. Um, we also got Kimberly Clark uh, last year, as we all know, was a very strong year for paper products. <laughs> a lot of them stocked out, um, and prices were whew, ridiculous for all that for that very small container of TP, which everybody needs. Oh, precious ridiculous. Roll. Yes, yes. Um, but this year, you know, lumber prices were a lot higher earlier in the year. Is that, how's that washing through yeah. uh, their business? They're about 50% lower now. Correct, correct, correct. But, but again, that has to work through their yeah. backlog of products. Yes, so we'd does. be curious to see what that means for their margins. Also want to learn what's going on with their own pricing environment. Because, mm-hmm. you know, look, Paper products. Talk about the most inelastic product on the planet. Be curious to hear what they have to say about that. And yeah. then finally, uh, Sensient, which is a flavor and colorings company, they also report on Friday. I want to hear what they have to say, given the aspect of our sustainable future of food uh, theme and index that really focuses on, on plant-based foods. We, yeah. we also have the alternative that meats. Correct. Not non non uh, non non meat meat. Plant-based proteins. How about that? <laughs> the um, anyway for that and for cleaner living, um, and I'm, and it, it's percolating because we're starting to see a lot more companies attack this. In particular, Beyond mm-hmm. Meat just relaunched their plant-based chicken with Panda Express. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Uh, it all tastes like chicken, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Lenora, that you're keeping on tabs next week? Yeah, I'll be looking out actually to hear um, this week. Uh, Chair, Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell had had a bit of a time. I'm expecting that there are a few drinks late at night when he got home because he got pummeled by Congress. Um, well, he did. He did. But he you could see it coming. You could see it coming, though. Oh, you you know that was coming, and that's part of the job, right? Because the Congress they need their their airtime so that they can yell and scream about how it's the Fed's mm-hmm, fault that mm-hmm. prices are higher. And they can then turn to their constituents and say, look, I yelled at him. <laughs> oh, right. But did you, did you, did you see how fast Yellen wrote in Thursday afternoon? Oh yeah. Like, no, to like save you, him. Can you imagine their like WhatsApp feed? It'd be hysterical. If you could like the little WhatsApp conversations going on between the two of them. Now you're saying that because it's encrypted as opposed to some of these other messages. Systems, right? I think yeah, they're oh, more signal. I no, think no, you're going to have to have encrypted. <laughs> I think I think they're more signal people. To be honest with you, 
I mean, Snapchat disappears. But does it though? One, yeah, one screenshot and it's that's there forever. So given that I will be looking because the, the Fed's under a lot of pressure and you're having Congress trying to kind of blame the Fed because it had nothing to do, nothing with all the fiscal <laughs> stimulus, those trillions and trillions of dollars that were poured into the economy has nothing to do with any prices. It's all about the monetary policy. I'll be looking to see what the various Fed officials that are always chatting, giving speeches, what they're saying, because it's definitely a Fed under fire. And the market will react regardless of what actually happens, what they actually do, the market will react if they start catching wind that the Fed is going to get, get is, is buckling under that pressure. And I think uh, it may not be next week, but I know that Christine Lagarde said that the ECB was going to be doing some stuff yeah. with their monetary policy that might hit next Next week, that might fall the week after. But I think other than that, Lamar, I think that's pretty much the week, the week ahead. ahead. 